breakthrough, a sudden, dramatic, and important discovery or development, an instance of achieving success in a particular sphere or activity. This week, we're talking about not giving up right before your breakthrough. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern-day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions. We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine. Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 24 of The Reckless Pursuit. Today we are talking about not giving up before your breakthrough. And uh, yeah, this is a topic that came to our mind yesterday, yesterday really. Morning. Yeah, because we were sitting there and I was reading through some of the book of Job just because I felt like it really paralleled well with some stuff we were going through and something happened where Elaine had a bit of a, an epiphany or a realization that I'm going to let her share about in just a second. But before we dive into this episode, I want to ask you real quick if you would take a second and go up there and click that subscribe button up above you. Yeah, if you've been listening to the show, or maybe if this is your first episode, you want to get a feel for us first, that's fine. I get it. I get it. But I really want you uh, to just go up there and click that subscribe button for us. It's a great way to stay connected with what we have going on. A couple other things real quick. Um, Next week's episode is going to be about a lot of changes that are coming down the pipe, a lot of cool stuff to be excited for, some expansion. So be looking forward to that. And uh, yeah, definitely hit us up on our social media stuff. You can find the links for that below because that is the best way to stay connected with us for what's coming up. And don't forget our Facebook community group. Yes, we have a Facebook community group. That's where we keep the conversation going behind the scenes and after the uh, microphones are turned off. So yeah, just find that. Uh, The details for that are below as well. Or you can look up the Reckless Pursuit community and we will add you so yeah let's get right into this episode about not quitting before your breakthrough elaine take it away so basically yesterday morning we decided to get up early and try to start a new routine and actually the night before that i just really had it on my heart to just listen to worship music read the bible just really dive into anything that god may have been speaking to us And because, like Cody had said previously, a lot of changes are happening, and I just felt the need to just sit in prayer and worship. So yesterday morning, we put on some worship music, and I had my Bible, my journal, and I realized that I had not journaled since the day I got out of the hospital, which is really strange for me because I've been journaling since I was in second grade, and I've kept most of my journals, if not all. Um, I highly recommend journaling, but with everything that has been going on, I just have been very slacking and not really having the willpower or the yearning to write, I guess. But like I said, whenever I just felt the need to be in a state of worship, I saw my journal and my Bible 
have been sitting in the trunk of my car for like two months now and I just felt really guilty. And so I opened up my journal and I saw that the last day that I'd written was the day I got out of the hospital. And if you've been following us for the past few episodes, you know, kind of what's been going on with our family and all the changes and stuff that we've been going through. And I decided to just write out, like, write out a page and just short sentences of just kind of an update of what's been going on. And Cody had been reading Job and had asked me a question. I don't really remember what your question was. It was something about wording of a certain scripture. Yeah, that's a whole other conversation, but it's basically about how um, Satan came into the the courtroom, I guess, of God uh, after the sons of God had been speaking. And I was just trying to figure out like, if sons of God were angels or what, what exactly these sons of God were. So it wasn't, I mean, it's nothing like we can get into right now. It was just a one of those random things that I just want to know what the heck it's talking about. So Okay, and so you asked me the question, and I was like, okay, well, I think my Bible has a different translation because right now I'm reading out of NLT, yep. and you are reading uh, ESV. ESV. And so I was like, okay, I think I have a different translation, and which I did, but it had some notes at the bottom of talking about the translation that you had. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that I had previously started Job, but never finished it. I went back in my notes in my journal and realized that the last time I read Job was May 25th, a week before I was in the hospital and everything that has followed since then. And I had stopped in the middle of Job. Really at the end. It wasn't really even in the middle, was it? I think I had like 10 chapters left or something, but I had read most of it. Yeah. And... I realized that I stopped reading Job because I was really annoyed and fed up with how woe is me and whiny he was getting about, oh, his life sucks. And again, I just felt guilty again because like, I quit reading Job right before his breakthrough, right before God spoke to him, right before God gave him everything he had lost and then some, doubled all of his livestock. And I was just thinking, like I had a realization and it honestly made me want to cry because I realized he was going through all of this and I stopped right before reading the good part. And when I stopped reading was when all of this tragic stuff started happening to me and Cody and our family. And I realized like because I hadn't been journaling in a couple months and just with everything that going that's been going on, I haven't really had the drive to do anything. And I instantly felt like Job. I felt like things were being stripped of me because there was a moment a couple weeks ago where Cody and I felt like everything, like our lives were falling apart in every situation and every way you could think of. And because I haven't had the drive to do anything, like I kind of felt like everything was stripped away. And I realized that I didn't need to give up because our breakthrough is coming. Not only do Cody and I believe that God is, we are entering into an amazing new season of our life, a transitional season, but other people have spoke that into us without us even talking to them about it. And we honestly feel like God is, guiding us through a breakthrough and after realizing 
that I gave up on reading Job because of his woe is me attitude. And so after all of that, yesterday, I just read the rest of Job because it had been on my heart and like, I th- I believe God used Cody to ask his question about Job for me to remember that I didn't finish reading it so I could finish it and realize that God gave back everything that Job lost and then some, he doubled his livestock. He saw four generations of his life after being stripped away of everything. And Cody and I honestly believe that we're about to walk into our breakthrough, but I have to remember not to give up when things feel like they're being stripped of us, when tragedy hits and when um, bad things happen and stuff. And kind of something what we had touched on last week about learning to rest and not quit is that it's okay to take time for yourself. It's okay to rest and sleep on what's going on and just have time to process everything, but it's not okay to give up. Yeah. And I think it's a interesting thing, the parallel with Job, because Job is a very strange story. A lot of people don't really believe Job was literal. Some people do. There's kind of like a, a bit of a debate there on like, well, is this a is this a story that is more of like a fable or is this like a literal happening? I don't think it really matters. I think that it still is a beautiful lesson that we apply to our lives daily. And uh, a lot of times, you know, we take the story of Job and we say, you know what? Yeah, Job was cool. Job was awesome. Like, it's a great story. It's a great lesson of, oh, well, we need to... um, trust God and and everything that happens is within his will. But I think the bigger picture here and what you were just saying is is, it's a story of not quitting before your time is up. It reminds me of a time whenever I was working full-time at a church, and this is the worst phone call I've ever received in my life um, as far as like not knowing what to say. I've had some pretty rough phone calls, one not too long ago about my mom, of course, but uh, this was one of the hardest phone calls up in the top three that I've ever received. And it was a man who was asking to speak with the senior pastor of the church. And, and he was out at the time. And I said, well, I'm the the worship pastor. And what can I do for Is there anything I can help you with? And he said, well, I'm not the most educated of men, but I love God and I attempt to read the Bible. And I have terminal cancer and I'm dying and I want to know if it's okay for me to commit suicide because I'm tired of fighting. And I sat there completely speechless because on one hand, of course, I would never want this man to take his life, but I could, trying to put myself in his shoes, I, I couldn't imagine the the pain of knowing that my life was... Uh, just barely hanging on by a thread and I'm fighting every single day for every single breath and just the agony that that would probably be for him. And I told the only thing I knew how to say at the time, I couldn't, I couldn't conjure up a scripture for him. I couldn't conjure up any specific thing other than to tell him that God loves him. And if he's still taking breaths on this earth, then God still has a purpose for that life. If we're still present, then God still has a purpose. And and I didn't know what else. I, I have never heard from the man again. I, I pray 
he got better or at least the last days of his life were, were spent well and and living uh, in a sense of of pride knowing that God was still using him but it just reminds me that so often life presents itself hard you know just looking at job job had so much job was excessively wealthy and uh it was stripped from him it was taken from him and yet he still though i mean though he had his moments where he asked god why i don't deserve this you know he had his moments just like elaine was saying where uh she kind of quit because he got whiny yeah he got really whiny but i relate to that on my side of things because i think about whenever elaine was in the hospital i sat there uh, next to her bedside and i said god why she does not deserve this kind of pain we do not deserve this we have done things right why are we being punished for doing right and doing good and then, you know, losing my mother and the family drama before that and just all these things that have snowballed and you just kind of sit back and say, you know, God, I'm trying to do the right thing here, but this is making it really difficult. I'm still listening to you. I'm still following you, but this is making it extremely difficult to do. But so often God is sitting on the other side saying, I know you don't understand the path you're having to walk right now. But when you get to the other side, you're going to be able to see why we had to go through this to get to there. And uh, I think I used this on the last episode. I I used this somewhere recently, but it's the whole adage of you can't see the forest through the trees. And so often God has to lead you through, you know, through the twists and turns, through the dense thicket and and uh, the hard climate and and through the the darkness to be able to come out on the mountaintop and say, oh, wow, look at what I just came through and look at where I'm going. And it takes that full process, just like Job. Now, did Job deserve all those things? Absolutely not. He did not deserve them. And and I personally, um, I read the narrative of Satan coming into the court and like, well, what about your servant Job? Like, I think that's more metaphorical or, or allegorical, maybe uh, more, you know, fabulistic in the sense that I think that it is like man's understanding of what happened. I don't think God was necessarily punishing Job for doing good. Uh, I think that he was attacked. His his life was attacked. If he was a a person, like I said, and I do believe that it was based in some truth, that I, I believe that he was under much attack and much scrutiny on all that he had and held dear. And he pleaded out to God and he said, God, I need you to show me why. And then it goes on, and this is right where uh, Elaine, I, I believe, like right in the area you quit reading at the time, was right after all of Job's friends and his, uh, his, you know, his uh, congregation of people that he was talking to, his friends, and I, I believe his wife, maybe. Well, um, actually, um, in the very beginning, um, after a couple of things had happened, like I said, I wrote this down in my journal yesterday. And I kind of wrote down his trials and stuff. And um, after they had, after the Sabians raided his livestock and there was a fire that burned his sheep and the Chaldeans stole his camels and killed all of his servants and uh, winds had knocked over his house and killed all of his children. And he was telling, he was talking to his wife and his wife was like, basically told him to um, curse God and curse die. Curse God right? and 
yeah, curse God so that you don't have to go through this. Yeah. So she was not supportive at all. Right. And most of his friends weren't either. They all said, well, obviously you have sin in your life. Obviously you've done this or done that. And he's literally looking like, I haven't done anything wrong. And how many times can we relate to that? It's saying like, God, why me? And I just don't believe God. And I know this is Old Testament. We're New Testament and blah, blah, blah. But I honestly don't believe that God is sitting up there, you know, the whole using the Bruce Almighty uh, analogy here that uh, God's a mean kid on a or mean kid on a sunny day with a magnifying glass and we're just a bunch of ants and he's just sitting there roasting all of us as we walk by. I just don't think that's God. Um, I don't think God is punishing us for our sins. I think our sins punish us because of our operation in, in them. Um, I don't think God has to do that. I think God is a loving God and wants to deliver us of that, not necessarily punish us for that. The sin is the punishment. God doesn't induce punishment because of the sin. But, uh, you know, Job was getting some pretty crap counseling. And he was getting some really bad counseling from everyone, just basically curse God and die because you uh, obviously have committed some kind of heinous crime against the Lord. And Job is desperate, and he's just saying, like, God, why me? And I've been in that spot lately, you know, why me? But, and then it goes on, and this is what I was getting to just a second ago, is uh, right whenever, Elaine, you quit reading, um, it was the part where, God says, Job, let me tell you something. You know, were you there whenever the world was spoken into existence? You know, how many souls have you saved? Uh, have Were you there whenever man was created to walk in the garden? Were you there when every star in the sky was placed by hand? You know, were you there? And, and it, it's just this long, drawn-out, multiple, how many, it's quite a few chapters, mm-hmm. right? where God is basically just saying, like, let me put you back in your place. It's basically the rest of the book, except for the last chapter. Where Job realized, and he's like, you know what, God? You got this. And he turns it over to God and says, I still love you despite. You know, it's kind of like the Hillsong song. It's like when it hurts like hell, still praise him. And uh, and Job basically was in that position where he was like, you know what? Uh this hurts. This is hell on earth. I've been drugged through the mud and back. My health, my family, my possessions, um, everything has been stripped from me. But your love for me, God, remains the same. And God restored him back and used him as a corner is cornerstone content, if you want to put it into like businessy or bloggy terms. You know, that's cornerstone content to our faith today in realizing that God is bigger than every circumstance. And when we come out the other side, we can look back, you know, when we're on that that hill or that mountaintop and look back and see all that we've come through and where God is leading us. And I think that's the beauty of it. And I think it's the beauty of of the, um, I, I, I don't want to say coincidence. I want to say like it's more of like a spiritual setup of what happened to us here where you realized you had quit reading the book of Job right before God gave him the rundown of like, well, let me tell you something. And it took us going through a section in our life where we honestly felt a bit like Job in a, albeit a minor degree, you know, we lost one person. We had a, you know, relatively in the grand scheme of things, like compared to a lot of people, it was a small bout of health fighting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like we've had these 
you know, perspective, like it's a whole lot to go through in our in our way of thinking, but in comparison to this story or to he what some people lost everything. Have faced, yeah. Have literally lost everything and and uh but we kind of felt like Job in that circumstance and then it's like God's reminding us by just I don't know why I woke up and I'm like I need to read Job and then I get in there and I start reading and you're like you know what I'm gonna go do that and you realize you cut off right before mm-hmm. God's like well let me tell you something and then we can kind of sit there and go oh wow you know what God you're you're right like you really are a lot bigger than the circumstances we're facing right now and something that I wrote in my journal was we tend to give up right before our breakthrough still we praise Him. We walked through the valley of the shadow of death and rose victorious. Maybe may we always sing of his praise. That's good. I think that there's beauty in the fact that even in our darkest times that God can still lead us, you know, and that's that's a good parallel though parallel there where uh, you know, the valley of the shadow of death you can though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. As in, you know, whenever I think of the valley of the shadow of death, it's a dark place for one. Shadow valley, all these things are dark, but you have to go through that to get to the higher ground. But so often, and this is an American way of thinking, and it goes beyond that. And I know we have some listeners who who are from other countries, and so like. Uh, guys or girls, whoever you are listening here for that, just um, let me use this American metaphor real quick because it, it relates to all of us in first world countries, really. But we have this comfort trap way of thinking, and it seems so prevalent, especially in the United States. But I, I know it's it's broader than that. But we have this comfort trap way of thinking where if we could just take out the highs and lows and walk the middle ground, we would be like content. We don't want to have to go through the hard stuff, and we just soon not go through the hard stuff and give up the great stuff to just live in the, eh, okay, normal stuff. But that's not how God operates, and that's lackluster. It's missing the the, um, the purpose and the drive, because if you don't have those good moments to show you uh, a revelation of your purpose, and then if you don't have those those hard moments to to strengthen you, then... You're walking in just this makeshift, uh, just plain Jane, worn out way of living where you're not really doing anything for the kingdom of God. You're not really promoting Christ in any way. And uh, you just get kind of trapped in this day-to-day lifestyle. It's easy to do when you work in ministry, especially. You just kind of get trapped in walking through the motions. Um, and it's it's... It's a simple way of living, I guess, in a sense of like, you don't have to think about it too much, but it just doesn't require a lot of faith. And it's a, it's kind of lackluster in the grand scheme of things. And it's, it's hard for God to operate whenever autopilot does just as fine a job. And then Elaine, I want you to go back to that part about just, uh, just touch some more on what it looks like, you know, in your life and what you've noticed and and how to help people realize when they're in those points of wanting to give up before their breakthrough, you know? Well, I think in my head, I think most people don't end up seeing their breakthrough because like you said, the comfort trap of we would just rather live a mediocre life. um, 
so that bad things don't happen and like we're able we're willing to give up the good stuff just so bad things don't happen and I think a lot of people stay stuck in the shadows in the valleys because they can't possibly even fathom the good things that are to come but again like you just have to stand up and rise out of the ashes rise out of the darkness rise victorious and say you know what these circumstances don't make me who I am like I'm going to look past this and allow God to guide my life and a lot of us don't live that way we we like to believe that we live that way but I think a lot of us don't actually see our breakthrough because we just give up right when things get heavy and hard. Well, it's it's that diagram um, of the guy pushing the boulder up the hill or whatever, or, and this is used a lot of times in like business and, and uh, like entrepreneurship circles and things like that. But you have the picture of the two miners and they're both like mining away and they're literally right almost to the gold and the one's turning back and walking away because he's giving up right before their breakthrough. And and those can be used in a very negative light and I'm not trying to go that route with them. But I think that it's true is uh, whenever you are trying to do good things in your life, when you are trying to live for Christ, the the slope gets steeper the closer you get to breakthrough. The the you know you think about um, I'm using just mountaining this analogies out the wazoo today, but you think about uh, climbing or hiking. If you ever go hiking or anything like that, the closer you get to the summit, the steeper it gets. The less oxygen there is, the more the sun is beating down on you. Um, it gets colder. It gets drier. It gets harder. Uh, I remember hiking in Colorado. I was trying to get to a glacier um, that was like 13,500, I think, 13,500 feet, something like that. And, uh, of course, I'm, you know, we live in Arkansas with the grand elevation of 400 feet above sea level. And we're in Colorado, the Rocky Mountains, and I'm trying to get up to these this glacier. And I was actually with my pastor at the time, and he had decided to turn around and go back. So it was just me. And there was a creek bed I had to get through, and then all the tree line broke, and all the snow and everything was covering the ground. It was just straight rock face. Uh, Not rock face like having to, like, climb with a rope, but, like, hands and knees climbing to the top to get to this glacier. And it was intense because you're already – I was already at, like, 11,500 – or right at – I want to say, like, 12,000 feet. I had about 1,500 feet to go. Um, and it got steep and it got hard and the sun was beating down, but it was freezing. Uh, so I was getting sunburnt while like being super cold and, uh, the oxygen level was like crazy different to me because I'm so used to being here in Arkansas where the oxygen floweth plenty and then you're up there at altitude and it's hard to breathe. And every step I take, I'm getting higher and higher, and the oxygen's getting less and less to some degree. And I had to stop and breathe and stop and breathe and refocus. And and I'd start feeling maybe a little lightheaded, and I'd have to stop, and I'd have to snack on something real quick to try to get my energy level back up. And then I'd have to try to push forward a little bit more, and sometimes it would get hard, and I'd need to stop. But finally, I got to the top, and I actually uh, 
was able to sit there and realize and look down at what all I had just went through. And I was like, man, that's beautiful. And then I got to go glacier sliding, which was, you know, fun in and of itself. So if not a little stupid to do by myself up there, but, uh, all that to say, you know, that's the same thing. If you look at it spiritually is we, we were right on the edge of a breakthrough, but that's when it starts getting steeper and steeper. And then you look up and you're like, man, there's so far to go. And it, it may look like there's far to go, but it's just because you're just now popping out of the trees. And that last little book, that last little bit looks so far away, but you can't yet see how far you've been. And that last little bit's harder. It's the hardest part of the journey. And that's why so often we quit uh, we do it spiritually, we do it physically. Most businesses fail right before their big breakthrough. Um, a lot of marriages fail right uh, whenever things start getting hard. Uh, you know, relationships fail. Uh, spiritually, we stop right when it starts getting hard and we get content or we turn back because we don't want to push that extra bit. But that's when we got to dig our heels in. We got to take a step forward whenever it starts trying to knock us back, plant our ground take a deep breath, maybe snack on the word a little bit and get going again and again and again until we get to the top and we can get over that peak. And so, yeah, there's my mountain analogy. I'm going to try to be done with mountains for the rest of the this episode. So, Well, anyway. I love mountains. I know you do. I use it for everything. Um, but something that you said, um, something that you said remind me of two things. One, whenever, um, when we were on our honeymoon mm-hmm. and I had never been to Colorado before, and we were trying to hike up that snowy mountain. And I kept telling you I couldn't do it and I couldn't do it. And then I yelled at you and like started crying because I was freaking out. Yeah. And then we got to the top and it was really pretty. And I was happy I did that. So thank you for pushing me. <laughs> but um, the second thing is what you said of like it, the peak gets narrow and it's hard to see like how much further we have when it's in actuality like it's not that much further. And we're just yeah. rising above the trees but something that we don't, we focus so hard on how much left we have to go, whether it, we realize how much left we don't have to go or not, but we don't ever think or focus on how far we have come right. and all the things that we have been through that is that have gotten us to this moment right now. And I think if we shift our mindset of, oh my gosh, this is taking forever, I just want to get to this part into thinking oh my gosh, like I've been through so much and here I am, I'm still climbing this mountain. Like I've gone through all of this stuff, all of this stuff that I've, um, that I've seen just seems so minute compared to like, I am almost to the top of the mountain. I'm almost to financial breakthrough, spiritual breakthrough. You know, my marriage is like, we're saving our marriage. We're so close to this. We're in Job's perspective. And what we've been going through is that, this year hasn't been like we feel it's the hardest year we've ever been through because we're currently going through it. But you and I collectively and individually, this is not the hardest, quote, hardest thing we've had to go through. Like we have been through so much, even in our relationship, but even before that, just growing up, like we have been like you just turned 25. Like you've been through 25 years of all the stuff that you've been through, good and bad. And you are here now with me telling these people, like, don't give up because your breakthrough is coming. Yeah. I think it's an interesting way to look at it this way. If you were going on a cross-country trip, and like I said, using the United States here, 
The United States is a very, a very uh, long place. It's a very drawn out place. You know, it's, there's a lot of miles across the United States. So if you were going to drive cross country and you started in Maine and you're heading to California and you get all the way to Nevada or Utah and you say, you know what? This is just too far of a trip. It's time. Let's just go back. Let's just go back. Who would do that? Like that's silliness, right? Like that you're already, you're within a fraction of the distance um, from your destination. Why would you just turn around and go back? The trip back is going to be just as long, but it seems uh, as if that last little bit can just draw out and take forever, but why would you turn back when you're almost there? Now, sure, this isn't vacation. Life is hard. It can be difficult, but when you're so close you know, you have to do those things to restir that passion, rekindle that flame, and keep going because giving up right before your breakthrough, it really means you went through all of that work, all of that hardship without ever reaping the payoff. You know, it's like investing a month of your time to uh, go and work at this job and then quitting and never receiving a paycheck you know what i mean like you're investing time you're investing energy so follow through because god's got you you know you can't fail there's uh heaviness there's weight but in christ he can lead us through and in the in the moment it seems hard it seems difficult trust us like trust me when i say you know, all of this has not been fun, easy, joyful. It has been hard. It has been super hard. And there's been times that I have wanted to fall into my old routines and fall off into things that uh, give temporary pleasures and distraction. But you've got to throw those things down and keep running and keep pursuing the end prize. And one of the verses that kind of stuck out to me in Job um, was in Job 36, verse 16, where it says, He is setting our tables with the best of foods. And I don't remember if it was um, God that was speaking to Job or the last person that was speaking about God to Job. Um, but it was saying, like, you know, God is setting a table for us. God has this laid out for us. Like, don't, and that it reminded me of don't give up. Like, God has these breakthroughs, these great things, these triumphs for us. You know, why would we give up now when we know and have the peace and, and the understanding of God has these great things for us? Why would we just throw it away and give up? Focus on your breakthrough, not on the the trauma or the 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 hard part at hand whenever you're running a marathon you don't focus on how hard it is to move your legs forward you focus on the joy of crossing the finish line we have got to keep our focus intact and and, and just drawn in to where God is leading us and following the sound of his voice and not get distracted by all the things on the path, by the uphill climb, 
by the aches and the pains because the reward and what God ultimately has planned for our lives far, so far outweighs the the struggle that we're currently in. And so that's our encouragement to everyone listening is don't quit before your breakthrough. Guys, once again, thank you for taking the time to listen. And please uh, go up there, click that subscribe button. Find us online at therecklesspursuit.com where you can shoot us a voicemail, drop us an email, say hi. Feel free to find us on all our social media accounts and uh, hook up with us on that Facebook community group. And all the information for that is in the show notes below. One more reminder that next week, episode 25, that's right, a quarter of the way to 100, 25 weeks worth of completely free content where Elaine and I ramble behind microphones and try to help everyone here. tea, coffee, water. Yeah, and try to help everyone here to, uh, you know, all of us just to pursue Christ a little deeper um, outside of all of the the stigmas and uh, the religion and have a free place to ask questions and get answers. So guys, please feel free to get a hold of us and look forward to that next episode where we tell you about what's coming up in the future. And please send us any questions you have or comments, guys. This is a open forum where we want everyone to be able to ask. And by all means, we don't have all the answers and we're not even going to pretend like we do. So we want to hear your input too because it's a collective group. All of us have to do this thing together. But we love you guys. Be brave, be bold, and be reckless. We'll talk soon. You ready? Yes. What's the topic about today? Today the topic is about not giving up right before your breakthrough.